The Gemara Rabbi Saiberi will go brief. Nice to see Ruben. We'll be brief. Rev. Elia Brodny is coming to speak, Be'ez Hashem. He'll be here around 12.15, maybe a little closer to 12.30. We're not sure exactly, but he's going to come and speak. So I certainly don't want to be Meirich now. We'll have that speech. Tonight as well, we have the Schuss at 8.30, Rezakatinsky will be saying the Shi'ar tonight at 8.30. So... Tremendous opportunities today. We were Zaycha to hear Avi Mayri. Revel Yubrudin is coming now. Chesed Hashem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baruch Hashem Gersh. Thank you so much, Yafar. So, what I, I want to I share something very brief. I really just want to say that what went on last night was something gorgeous. And the way the guys, you, the way the Chevra embraced stuff last night was something awesome. Just such a, such a, pleasure to see such a thing. Obviously, to associate the word pleasure, somebody's sick. David Archaver, David So that's certainly not a pleasure that he's sick. And, and certainly it has its difficult aspects to it. A Bachar, a very sensitive guy amongst us told me, like, he came, he just went to his room and went to bed. Like, he couldn't he couldn't handle it. Like, what, I'm be happy. But Lemay said that David, before he begins chemo, which he's starting tomorrow, he got such a, a hug and an embrace from the entire Hevra for a guy who wasn't allowed to be touched. He has a port on him and he has different machines they put in already, so he couldn't be hugged. And they also worry they don't want him to catch. By Mishpacha, we have antibodies already, but they don't, we have, we've had corona already, they don't want him to catch anything. So he couldn't be hugged. For a guy who couldn't be hugged, that was the biggest hug I've ever seen in my life by the maximum number of people, but much deeper than a physical hug. And I just, that, that embrace, that, the whole, all the outpouring of love that David received last night was just really, really precious and certainly will be tremendously valuable. And it's a difficult process to go through what David has the path he has in front of him, the path to Refois. But the Hishtadlus that Hashem requires of him is a difficult path, and that chizuk that the guys gave will certainly, will certainly be, be very helpful. So I want to just, based on last night, for a few minutes, to just chazer this Gemara in Baba Basra Tessam Bez. The Gemara in Baba Basra Tessamit Bey says, Hanaisim Prutolani. Somebody gives money to an Ani. Misbarich Bishesh Brachis gets six blessings for giving a pruta to an Ani. And it quotes a Pasuk in it quotes a Pasuk in Yeshaya. Halay Paras Lirav Lachmecha. To give to poor people your bread, so that gives you six brachas. Vaniyam Mirudim Tavi Besecha. And Aniyim Merudim, groaning or moaning Aniyim, Tavi bring to your house. So that's talking about physically assisting Aniyim. Then it says, But if you comfort him with words, if you encourage him with words, then then you get 11 blessings. For giving his physical needs, you get six blessings. But for encouraging him with words, you get 11 blessings. And it quotes the end of that Pasuk in Yeshaya. Give to the poor man your soul. To the afflicted soul, satisfy him. 
I'm fascinated that the Navi Yeshaya says two things you should do for a poor person. You give him his needs, you take Prais Lachmacha, give him your bread, take care of the man's physical needs. But then he says, Give the hungry man your soul. Besides his physical needs, you have to care for his emotional needs. Give him your soul, which the Gemara explains means to give chizuk. And the Gemara is very, very clear that it's bigger his emotional needs than his physical needs. His physical needs, he gets six blessings. If you take care of his emotional needs, give the poor man your soul, which the Gemara takes up in Yamin, giving him your soul, means chizuk. Encouragement. You give him encouragement, you give 11 blessings. People sometimes forget, and Ani is going around at a chasna. So I'm making a chasna. So you, you put your hand in your hand, you give him a down. Good that you kept the beginning of the Pasuk in Yeshaya. Of Parais, give your bread, give your bread to the Ani. But the end of the Pasuk, where it says, V'topik lurav nafshecha, Give the poor man your soul. You forgot to give him chizuk. He said he's making a chasna. Say mazel tov. Ask him, oh, when's the chasna? Where's it going to be? Give him chizuk. Mazel tov. Hatzlacha rabbah. It should be a beautiful chasna. Ask him some details. V'tafik l'rav nafshecha. Give the poor man your soul. We always learn together the Gemara Ksuvis. The Gemara Ksuvis says, Uleven shinayim echalov. That more important than milk is a smile. Leven shinayim and white teeth, mechalav. The Gemara Darshans, that white teeth is more important than, a, that, than milk. A person's emotional needs are more important than physical needs. For many years, some, some of the chevra here was there. We had in yeshiva, he had come. Manny, in your year, did Judge Butler come? He didn't come your year. Gersh, he did? Machlaikis Manny and Gersh. Ah, Gersh did by Manny. Binyami, what were you saying? That's a good question. That's fair. It's funny. Binyamin says if it's more important, why does it say it's second? So, so Raphael says you go up to the most important and give him this, but of course, it's the it's the very good good answer, Raphael. Very good answer. The Judge Butler told us. You heard of Judge Butler, Yehuda? Judge Butler is a, is a judge in Pittsburgh, and he speaks. He speaks very interesting. He says the story of his, of his son. And he had, a, he had a son who had very, was born with different handicaps. You've ever heard him speak, Momo? No. So he used to come speak in yeshiva. He came for a number of years. Great speaker. Really an outstanding speaker. But he says one... Just really as an aside, he says the story with his father. His father fought in the American army and was there when they liquidated different... Uh, he, he says the name of the concentration camp. His father was a soldier in the American army and came and liquidated one of the... And, and came and like freed one of the concentration camps. They chased out the Germans and he greeted Yidden at the concentration camp. And he said the American soldiers saw the Yidden and his father would describe the state the Yidden were in. It's for Tishvav, not for today. And he says that 
the soldiers were giving the Yidin food. It was a very delicate thing to give the Yidin food because if a person ate too much, that could be life-threatening. They had to like give them just the right, like very much portion control. And he described that they were giving out food. And Yidin were waiting on a long line. And in this line, they were giving them just the right amount of food they can eat. And we were like, I guess with some medical help, trying to feed the people who were desperate for food, but in a way that was healthy for them. He said he wasn't involved in the food. He was a soldier, Judge Butler's father. And he said he felt like badly he had no food. Yidna on this long line. You picture like the Lahabdul. Lahabdul, no shaykhs, but like the long line here, sometimes supper. You see a guy in the back, you wish you had like food to feed the guy. He like, here obviously it was a whole different matzah. People were craving food. He had no food. So he like went to the back of the line, like he, he called over a yid, he felt he had nothing to give him, and he gave the yid a hug. He gave the yid a big hug. And yidin, he, he promises, Judge Butler promised that he heard from his father, yidin left the food line, they said we hadn't gotten a hug in five years, and people lined up for his hug. He was a soldier in the American army, they were lining up for his hug. That's how I visual that Gemara Leven Shinayim Echalov that a smile is more important than milk. People's emotional health is more important than their physical health. And this, this nekuda, this nekuda of caring for somebody's emotional health, giving chizuk, hamisparcha, giving somebody chizuk is a greater need for a person. It's funny, I was talking to somebody about masks and I'm not weighing in, I'm not a doctor, I literally don't know I, I don't know the sugi well on each person. There are different mahalchim. There are different, certainly we're sitting here without masks. There are different mahalchim. To me, it's a grave concern. People aren't smiling at each other. My family and I were locked up for a while. We all had corona, so my house was shut down for a little over a month until our doctor gave us clearance. I remember the first time, it was well after corona because we hadn't gone out of our house from... Shortly after Purim, we went, the only place we went was to the woods, hiking. We weren't going to any establishments. And I remember the first time I, I was able to go out of my house to go to Kosher World. It was devastating to go to a shopping place of Frum Yidin and people are all in masks. It was very scary, not we need to smile at each other. You need to see somebody and greed and smile. I mean, it felt like tissue. That's very smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. A, a, a mother heard me say this, that I'm scared, there are no smiles. She, she sent me uh, She sent me one of those things with smiles all over it. So she was me- Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, it, it felt literally, it felt like going to the store, felt like Tishabah. There's a, there's a, there's, there's, Justin works in kosher world. Justin is the youngster, works in kosher world. I always make sure to take off my mask. Once they, if they want to come and arrest me and smile at Justin. He deserves a smile. You see a whole bunch of masks, you see darting eyes around. It's not, it's not appropriate. I take each cust, I pass by a customer, I take it off and give it, I pass by another, you're there, you cheat, you take it off, smile, then put it back on. You can't. It's not appropriate. It's scary. Leven Shinayim. People need chizuk. I'm not coming to Paskin on mass. I'm coming to say the same way we say shopping is a necessity. We let people shop. Smiling at another person is a necessity. 
It's not a luxury. It's not extra. It's chazal. More important than milk is a smile. It drives it home. And I'm not saying if we have to wear masks, wear masks. But I am saying that it drives home. And you come back, it's like un- very unsettling. That first trip to kosher world, I definitely needed therapy after that trip to kosher world. It was like very unsettling. It was intense. People, just the darting eyes you see around. Not the... At the chizik, the validation of a good smile, a good greeting, a good hello. Tishabub, like I was gonna announce on Tishabub, like right after the davening, like okay, everybody at 909, we're allowed to greet each other. 909, the earliest man. For eating beseda, you wanna be machmir 920, 925. For greeting another year, don't, don't be machmir to greet him later. Be machmir 909, the earliest man to give a greeting. What? <laughs> we should have had 909 we had a greeting line the whole yeshiva like you know like in a hockey game after the game both teams line up even basketball we should maybe that should be could there be no more tishavos that would have been a very good idea Rikima, to have two a greeting line at 909 get here <laughs> shalom aleichem <laughs> <laughs> But I did. I wanted. I wanted to very much share this Gemara with us to, to study this Gemara. I always. I always feel that we need in our schools more nourishment, more nurturing environment, chizuk, chizuk, and encouragement. Could you imagine a yeshiva or a school that doesn't serve food? We don't serve food. There's no lunch here. You fast when you come here. It would be shut down. It's not. It's an inappropriate environment. There's no food. It's more dangerous when there's not nurturing environment. It's more dangerous. It's, you'd quicker say, we don't give food in this school. No lunch, kids don't eat lunch here. Tough luck. It, I, it'd be healthier that there's no food served and there's emotional support than there's food and no emotional support. It's not allowed. It's not allowed. Then shinaya a smile, chazal, know what they're saying. A smile's more important than milk. And Reb Miller explained it to us, more important than physical needs is the emotional needs of a person. More important. And to the extent that the Gemara says that if somebody gives the ani physical needs, get six blessings. But you give him his emotion, it's chizuk, encouragement. You give him some chizuk, you get 11 blessings. I want to I wanna just say, we, we've discussed in the past that, we've discussed with Bikr Chaylam that the purpose is to pray. And certainly now we see David, it's Moira, somebody I walked with, Aryeh Kohn, that precious Ben Torah here. And he was saying that he was aroused now in seeing, he heard before, but seeing makes an impact. Certainly we have to daven for David Yosef Elimelech and Elisheva Hinda. Seeing David arouses prayer. I want to say just a, a point that's always kedai to remember when your friend's going through a hard time, whether it's financially, physically, try to be there, try to go. Always try to be there. People get nervous. What do I say? Like, what do I say? What do I say? Nobody remembers. David's not going to remember. What, it wasn't what we said. And it's, it, could, it could even be awkward and this, all that. The bottom line is you remember who was there. Remember, it's a tremendous chizk. You remember who was there. I have a friend years ago was getting major, major surgery on his face, like a serious surgery. And it was many, many years ago. And he was getting a serious surgery on his face. And I called the hospital, the ICU. I called them and asked if I can come visit my friend. They said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
So I put on my coat, it was during the winter, and I told my wife, I'm gonna go. And she said, they just told you you can't go. I said, I can't be. He's in the ICU. It, today, today it's like Fort Knox. Today you can't get into hospitals. They're really strict with Corona. But, but at that point, I said, I can't be. My friend's having this major surgery. I wanna be there when he, as he's getting up. And I went to the hospital, I begged, pleaded, and they let me in. Today it's very different. Today you could be even jeopardizing people. Today it's much more complicated, so it's not it's not as simple with David. That's one of the hardships. Anybody being nice somebody's in the hospital today. David sat there for weeks, which which is why I wanted him to see the whole chevra. He got out erev Shabbos after three o'clock, and he's back today because he's starting chemotherapy. And in the hospital, you can't see anybody. There's just the, all the beaker chaylims and the people visiting. They cut that out just during Corona. Understandably, they don't want to bring anything into the hospitals. So today you can't have this attitude. But this going back a number of years ago, and I went to the hospital to visit, and it's years and years that I begged, pleaded, cried. I told them I drove from Connecticut. I had driven many hours to get there. And I pleaded with them, Baruch Hashem, they let me in. And it's years later, he always hazards, when I opened my eyes, you were there. I have no idea what I said to him, and he has no idea what I said to him. Neither of us remember, it's not the point. Be there, be there. When somebody, when somebody's going through a difficulty, it's not, you don't have to start rating, did you say the right thing, the perfect thing, the best thing. The fact that you were there is, is misparchai, is begeder misparchai. It's funny, better than all the physical things we give, v'tafak l'rav nafshecha. You should remember those three words, beautiful pasuk in Yeshaya, give the hungry man your soul. Give the hungry man your soul. There's a very touching story with Rav Arya Levine. The guys heard Rav Arya Levine? Who was Rav Arya Levine's famous son-in-law, Chevra? Rav Arya Levine, there's a book about Rav Arya Levine called The Tzaddik in Our Times. He was an overwhelming tzaddik. There's a very touching story with Rav Arya Levine. When he got married, we're thinking about chasnas, Ezra Shulman's chasna tomorrow, Menachem Buff tonight. When Ezra Shulman, when um, Revaya Levine got married, so in the Yichud room, he was very, very poor, Revaya Levine. I think he was a yasim from both his parents. I don't think he had his parents, either one, when he got married. He had nothing. The suit he was wearing for his chasna, he borrowed. The suit. <laughs> you know, we send the chas and buy a beautiful suit. Naftali left here. He's going home to buy a suit. Revaria Levine's suit was bothered. He was a yasim. He had no parents. He was very, very poor. I believe both his parents passed away. For sure he lost one. I believe both. So in the Yichud room, his wife said over years later, you know what he said in the Yichud room? People give their kala gifts. He said, I'll, he was sheepish, he said, he said sheepishly, I wish I can give you gifts, I don't have any money, I have nothing. He said, I borrowed my suit, I can't give you anything, so I tell you what I'm giving you, I'm giving you me, I'm yours. I'll take care of you the rest of my life. That's what Revari Levine told his wife in the evening. She said years later on, there's something so profound, give yourself, give yourself. That's what, the, this type of chesed is, inst- besides things, give things, give yourself. Please, could the guys memorize these three words? They're so powerful. Vatafek, I'm probably saying you, Vatafek, Liraav, Nafshecha. It means, Vatafek means to give Liraav to the poor man your soul. Give him your soul. Don't just give him your things, give your essence. That's when you give encouragement, a smile, 
when you give Chizik a hug, what we gave, the gift we gave David last night was Chizik, was encouragement. The gift that, 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 that we got, encouragement. Encouragement and Chizuk. Yeah. We could sometimes forget this part of giving. This is more important than the physical things that we give. Much more important than the physical things we give. The physical things we give are wonderful. The, the chizuk is much more powerful. Often, even the physical thing that we give is only precious because of, of the emotional support that it gives. Often, even the physical thing is, oh, okay, we gave so cute. But it's the, it's the saying, I think about you, I care about you. Give the poor man your soul. Give him your soul. Give chizah, give encouragement. Yeah, very, very important. We ask, like when our friend, what am I going to say? It's not what you say. You've said something when, you, when your friend is sick, you get there. You get to his side. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? You said everything that you're standing next to him. You've said it all. It doesn't matter. He's not going to remember you said this, you said that. You give a hug. Call up your friend. Better than calling up is be there. He's sick, Rahman Tzlan. He, he has a loss of a loved one. Go there. Just go. Just be there. I remember my brother years ago. I have an older brother who's a tzaddik. I look up to a lot. I remember years ago, my older brother, I had, a, I had an infection, I was in the hospital, and I remember my older brother drove many, he's a very busy person, he's a beautiful big family, and he drove very far to be there. Again, do I remember what he said? He was there a short while, but he drove many, many hours, and it was through a snowstorm. My wife and my chazer, he drove through a snowstorm. So I remember my brother being there. It says everything, the chizak of that is overwhelming, he was there. Remember who was there at that time? He was there. This is something powerful just to be there. At Bemis, we, I would have loved to bus everybody to David. You can't get in. I would send cars to him. You can't get in. And, and that's not the chesed today in the hospital. But that we had the chance to give chizak here. And the way the guys gave chizak in such a beautiful, encouraging way is just greatly, greatly appreciated. There are definitely 11 brachas flying times every single person. There's brachas for maybe it was Zaycha today, I don't know. Today, the Gedolim and Tzadikim and all different people coming today, there's brachas floating, it's Taka Kedai to come here today, to, to soak in all the brachas. There's 11 blessings all around. I always wondered, and somebody could tell me, I have no idea. It says that you give the Ani, physical, you get six blessings, and it says, Hamas Baruchah, you get 11. Do you get 11 plus the six? So you get 17, or it means you get 11, the 6 plus 5. I assume it means 11 more, which means all the 17, but I'm not positive. I just saw in the safer, I brought a T4 or whatever. Brought toast, it says if you do both, you get 17? Yeah, it's toast, right? Let's see. Why wouldn't you rather? See you both. Move out, hold up the book. Huh? Hold up the book. Tice is very, Tice is clear, one second.
It sounds like he's saying, Tysus is saying, I have to hurry on the bottom oh. Tysus that you get 11 Not additional before, ones. And it's saying Not just before, for honestly. giving Chizuk gets 11 whole brachas. So it comes out, it's more than double. See, if it was only 11, if it meant 11, 5 more, then I would be wrong. Then the physical would count more than the emotional because the physical got you 6, the emotional got you only 5 more. Uh-huh. But it means... It means, it means 11 additional brachas. That's pretty clear in Taisvis. That he learned it means the 11 brachas, even if you didn't give him anything, you only gave him chizuk, you get 11 brachas, just the chizuk. It's funny that, I'll tell you, Yehud, in any construction that you build, there's a Gemara in Gittin. It'll come from a Gemara in Gittin. The Gemara in Gittin says that on a Goyish holiday, you're not allowed to give chizuk to a guy. They're going to think it comes from their Avodah you can't give chizuk. I'm always so moved that there's halachas of chizuk, of encouragement. Chizuk, encouragement. All of us can say in our own lives, all of us can remember lines that we were told of discouragement and how powerful it was to us. A discouraging line in anything we were trying to accomplish. A discouraging line. And all of us can remember at times in our life we got an encouraging word. I was talking to a bacher till the wee hours of the morning last night, and he described to me, he was going through in detail his life, and he described somebody who gave him chizuk, encouragement, how powerful chizuk is. There's a story, Yudah, that I say over often that I like a lot. The guys know my affinity to chesedish rebbes, so I want to tell you a story with the Kleisenberger. The Kleisenberger was holy. I wish Yitzi, I wish the chevri here, I wish the Chevri here could learn about the Kleisenberger Rebbe. He was very, very holy and special. And the Kleisenberger Rebbe, he promised if he survived the Holocaust, he would build a hospital. He just wanted to help Yidin. He just wanted to help Yidin. What hospital did he end up building, Chevri? What? Who just said that? Say it loud. No, 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 no. Somebody said this one. Excellent. Say it loud. Thank you, Abiyaz. Where is it? A hospital in Netanya, very precious hospital, very important. I can't say the pronunciation, Laniado, it's, it's called Laniado. He built that hospital, very important hospital as well. The Kloisenberger Rebbe built it. And because he promised, he lost his family in the Holocaust, he promised if he survived, he'd build a hospital. Very interesting. He built the Hasidus and the hospital. He lost 11 children to Kleisberg Rebbe in the hospital. Unfathomable. But this year, he built the hospital for Yidin. So the Kleisberg Rebbe, I, I met a Yid. These eyes and ears spoke to a Yid Vigi. And the Yid said to the Rebbe, the Kleisberg Rebbe, late in his life, said, Rebbe, I plan to go into Chenoch. And he asked him some advice. So the Kleis, when he said, I'm going into Chinuch, the Kleisenberger Rebbe said, Chizuk. So the Yid thought the Kleisenberger Rebbe wasn't hearing well. He said, Rebbe, Chinuch. The Kleisenberger Rebbe said, Chizuk. Chizuk means encouragement. Chinuch means teaching. So the Kleisenberger Rebbe corrected him again. And they were like going back and mm-hmm. forth. Chinuch. The Yid was trying to like yell in the Kleisenberger Rebbe's ears like he was old. I thought he wasn't hearing him. I'm going into Chinuch. And the Kleisenberger Rebbe kept correcting him and saying Chizuk. 
till the Yid realized that the Klaizim of the Rebbe was saying to him, don't be mechanic, all your teaching and telling, I'll tell and I'll teach. And he said, chizuk, encouragement. Give encouragement. Encourage people. Give, give validation. Give chizuk. He said, chizuk. Revai, will you tell the guys the Maisa with that Yiddish? I was very moved. Me and Maishi were very moved. Those beautiful Yidin who brought, who brought David, I was very touched by them. If you know Maishi, I don't know, I never met them before. Just this, we're such a beautiful people. These two Yidin came, and one guy was in the middle of a vacation, you know. He was vacationing with his family in, 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 by um, Niagara Falls, Niagara. And he heard David's story, and they understand how much chizah counts. He dropped, he, he drove, picked up David, arranged, brought him in. Yidnar, um, Yosef Zaydel's father was huge in arranging this. Yidnar, gorgeous, we're a wild people. We're madly in love with each other. We're good people. These Yidn dropped, ran, came to bring David here. They, they know the power of chizuk. Chizuk, not chinuch. That's the Kleismerger Rebbe taught us. Give encouragement. The, both of those, both of those people who came yesterday, holy Yidn, just involved in trying to make it better and give encouragement and make a Yid happy. Rabbi Aryeh told me that he has a good story. I want to hear the story of one of them. Which one is Tuesday, 
knowing that there's hundreds of guys that care about him, that want him to get better. And they made it, they easily could have said, no, it's, not, it's not safe, it's not good. Yeah. And they, they, made it, they, they made it happen. This is, this is how they function, this is how this, this, this cover function. One of the Michael Batch, is also from this cover. Get, jump on the planes on a minute's notice. They don't get paid for it, it's all volunteer, and they all have jobs. I mean, they, get, they come home at 6 o'clock in the morning, come night, but they go straight to work, and it's the push it, it's a serious nutfish. Like, and sometimes uh, they try to figure out who's going to go. So Michael Batch was getting on a plane. And as they're pulling up the plane, they're like, who's gonna, who's gonna, I think it was a flight to the Cleveland, the Mayo Clinic in, in Cleveland from New York. So they're talking about who's gonna go, who's the guy on the plane, they're trying to figure out everybody's meetings. And um, Michael gets on the plane just to put the stretcher on the plane. Shvera winks at the pilot, just start rolling, <laughs> locks the door, and that was Michael Batchin's day. And this is what they did to each other. They just threw each other under the bus, and you didn't, you didn't have to be, you didn't have to be taken care of. You didn't have to be. So I'll tell you personally. After my talking about these, you know, after my shver was lifted, this is going back seven years ago. So he was a paramedic. He was also a pilot himself. He's very interesting, very interesting, unique the way he did chasadim. He was into finding babies that mothers that were going to get abortions and would take them into this and literally take them and find them a house take care of the woman who wouldn't have previous other children to take care of the children and take care of this like for four like a, like a second like a second wife and kids that had to take care of the woman would give birth and he found an older a couple that was married for 10 12 years didn't have any kids they give it even though like it, it works a month of work <coughs> I remember the first time I was in his office so he had he was in the the ambulance business at the time probably had 500 ambulances at the time a huge warehouse with these ambulances and I had just gotten engaged and we spent some time I swear within five minutes he was on an ambulance running out and I thought to myself there's 500 ambulances which means probably 800 EMTs that are on payroll ready to work. Why can't, what do you, why do you have to go on an ambulance? Let somebody else do it. And this Muslim that no, I'm gonna do it with my own hands. That's how, that's how he lived, that's how he did everything. So after, after he passed away, we started getting phone calls. Somebody needed a transport. They start calling the family. Who's taking me the transport now? Two people are calling that they've been married for a long time. He was helping them try to find a baby in Russia, California. Who's who's taking over? I, used to, I laugh. I used to tell like, Google, how do you become a pilot? How do you find babies to adapt? I would laugh. Like somebody on like Google side, an engineer that's like watching when I'm typing in, get lost it. <laughs> He was a, a deep sea diver, an advanced scuba diver, and and the main thing was he just he did chesed with his own hands. And with this music of we don't take no as a, as enough. No, we'll find we'll find we'll find another way to do it. And for, I'll probably personally for a few months I was lost because he was a much bigger personality than I was. He didn't he didn't sleep. 
whatever it used to go to two three in the morning, they had a shtick, we call it a shtick, six thirteen. His alarm clock would go off every day, it didn't matter what he got up. It didn't matter if he was sleep at four, two, he always got up at six thirteen. Sundays, every day of the week. That was his that was his thing. And what I did eventually figure out, okay, I'm not I try to be him was not possible. But I have the musik of that when something comes up, do something about it. So maybe when, when he heard something come up, he would get on a plane, put pilots together, get in a jet, fly there, find a doctor that nobody's willing to do the there's people have stories for, for years, nobody was willing to do a surgery that he found a doctor in Texas, a little girl down there, and he got a, got the surgery with it. I don't, I don't have that expertise, but the music of just to do something. We can get started up. I'll just I'll just say hello. I'll send a text message. I'm thinking about you. Instead of it, we all we all hear things that are going on by people. Just do something about it. It's a dark up. So give ten dollars. But it's the music of that when something comes up, I'm meant to do something about it. I'm meant to, to go into into action. That was that's how these yidin that they hear something. They 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 didn't know stuff that yet. I get it, need something, I'm going. What's going to be, how's it going to work out? They just go, they do. And each of us in our own, maybe some people here at Taco will be pilots, or will help children, <laughs> find parents, and be involved in abortions, and... I'm not funny. I'm not funny. But we, we, we all have, we, everybody here can do something when something comes up. And that's like, that's the, the, the Kabbalah that I took on. It took a good six months for me to, to find myself. Just something, something happens. It's a, a phone call, a text message, make up, and once a week I'm going to reach out to them. Small amount of stuff. And that's what this, this cover, it became like a, there's a whole crew of these guys now that are, they're busy all day just doing for Yisrael on their own time, not as a profession. Just being moister nefesh to help uh, to help other yidden. Like I said, and the kiddush Hashem Shabbat is is that I'm I'm so certain that what happened last night can only happen in our in by for me. It's such a kiddush Hashem. Like we just that Rabbi Teitelbaum could have said also no, or the prophet or it's too much. It's, you know, it's fine. It makes everything. Everybody just was okay with it. Everybody just went along with it to make it happen. That musig is, is to, it's to feel that we're part of something special. It's special to watch it. It's even special to uh, eventually all become part of, part of that that mindset of just we're different. Right? Because what gives us the ability to make to make things happen? Shikayim Havaya, amazing, amazing. My wife, my wife worked for many years by, with, with Goyim, and Goyim could be very nice. But she says that, uh, that uh, the chesed of a Goyim, they, they don't, she, she was very, very close for many years, that a Yid will give up so much for chesed. Guys, in the middle of a vacation, how much, on this, with somebody you never met, how much a Yid will give up for chesed, how much a yid will give for another person is, is something. The Yitzhak inspector said, famously, by the, by the trial in Russia, they put Mendel Bayless. You guys know about the Bayless trial? 
Mendel Bayless was known as one of the last blood libels. He was a Yid lived in Russia in the early 1900s. And they, the typical accusation, there was some Christian kid killed, and they said he killed the kid, which wasn't true, to put the to put the blood in the Jewish matzah that everybody knows. We eat matzah Pesach, that it's baked from the blood of a Christian child. That was the blood libels. And in the early 1900s, Mendel Bayless was put on trial. Now, besides him going on trial, they were really, they got a Meshuman. They got a Yid who had gone off the derech, and they were attacking our Torah. And they were saying that the Talmud speaks about Jews like murdering Goyim, and they were like accusing, the attacking Yidin about things that it says in Shas. And they had this Yid who had gone off the derech, told them different Gemaras that he deemed to be like anti-Gai, and they were attacking. Now the Yidin had people defending, besides defending Mendel Bayless, they were defending also, there, there are books about that trial, could be even a movie about it, I don't know, definitely books about that trial. But Rabbi Yitzchak Hanan Specter had, I don't know if he came to the courtroom, but he had sent an emissary to the courtroom to defend Shas, to defend the Torah. And one of the things they asked in the, tri- in the trial, the judge asked, the trial was packed with Yidin, the whole court was packed with Yidin, who came from all across Russia to be there for Mendel Bayless. He's being attacked. So many men Yidin from around Russia came to defend Mendel Bayless. So one of the things they asked in the trial is the Gemara says, Atem Kruyim Adam, you are called a man and the and the inference being that Goyim are not called human. Atem Kruyim Adam, you're called a man. So they ask, if it's an inspector, so what does that make the rest of us, animals? You're saying we're not human. That's, that's racist, that's, that's crazy. You're saying you're the only ones who are an Adam. Atem Kruyim Adam, a Yid is called Adam. So they said, no, what's chat? You see? You see that your Torah allows, you know, you guys do shechita, anybody who's not human. That's what they asked. So Yitzchak Hanan Specter said to the judge, he said, Judge, this man, Mendel Bayless, from a little city, is on trial, and Jews who have no connection to him, look at the courtroom, you ever something like this? He said, could you imagine a Russian from somewhere going on trial and all the Russians just flocking in? Have you ever seen a people care about each other like this? The judge said, admittedly, I've never seen this before in my life. So he said, Atem Kuyim Adam, he said, a guy is, what's the word guy mean? Nation. Nation, nation, nation. You're not really connected. We're called Adam. The entirety of the Jewish people is called one man. Atem Kuyim Adam, you the Jewish people are called Adam. He said, we call a Gentile a guy, you're a nation. Why are you a nation? He said, we're guy echad, we're one nation. You guys are Goyim, separate nations said the unity that you admit you've never seen the judge like to answer a lot. He said, we're called Adam, the entirety of our people's called one person. That's what Yitzchak Han Inspector explained to the Gaish judge in the Mendel Bayless trial, the Atam Kuyim Adam, that we're all called one person. What you saw, what you saw last night is Atam Kuyim Adam. The amount of people that went together to, and then the best part of the story, I, I mean this Ernst, that I'm more moved from you. I'm amazed from those guys. And not taking away, I'm more moved from you. 
I'm more moved because you guys gave your souls the warmth, just the outpouring of love. Guy calling out from the back, I love you, Dave. Just the outpouring of love. Each person just giving love. That's the, the biggest thing you can give. We, we don't always need things to give. Give love. If you give chizuk, it's wonderful to give things and give prutalani. When you give things, you get six blessings. There's a lot of 11 blessings flying around this place today, a lot. I want to say with Ravel Yubrudni coming, that a big part of the chenach of the yeshiva that was always very important to me is to learn the importance of Chachme Yisrael. Anybody who doesn't study this is missing a tremendous chelak of Yiddishkeit. You know, it's very important to look at the, the, the brachas, the blessings in Shman Esrei. Anshei Knesset told us what to ask for. It's very important to study what's important by us. A guy is tremendously missing in his ashkafa sachayim, in his outlook on life, if he doesn't value tzaddikim and Can I tell you a story? I have a relative of my wife's that I've become very close. He's very, very sick. He was in Arizona today, and we've become very close. When I married into the family, he's a very strong-minded man. Some would say a cynic. He's brilliant. Brilliant man. He's very, very sick today. We've become like this. And he's become, in his own unique way, about Shova. Very fascinating person. When I married into the family, you know, he said, I have to speak to you, Daniel. And he pulled me aside. He's like a historian. He reads interesting books. Fascinating guy. And he's upset. He was but literally upset. He has proof, and I could document, that he knows details and information that the Frum Yidin were saving Tzaddikim before they were saving everybody else in the Holocaust. Do you hear the audacity? And he can back it up. He knows dates and years. And he like reads, he researches. That was like devastating to him. That the Jewish people, he has evidence. You can't deny it, Daniel. He was like upset by it. He, he, here, like the yeshiva guy was marrying his niece. And he was upset that he has evidence that they saved tzaddikim before they said that there was a preference, there was a preference given to tzaddikim. Now every year is chashev, every year. But a basic point of yadus of yiddishkeit, a basic hashkafa, is we daven specifically for tzaddikim. We have a bracha in Shmanesrei ala tzaddikim ala chasidim v'al zikne amcha beis Yisrael yemurachamecha. It's a basic of yiddishkeit. Every, every Monday and Thursday, we daven l'kayim b'nochach me'isrol. Over the years, I've, I've explained it to him, and he's, he's come 180. I told him, could you imagine, I told him, could you imagine, come from your perspective, and you have a, you're, you're, you're part of a country, and a general who's very necessary in a war is captured by another country. And there's a general captured who's saving him will save millions of lives. And then there's a private. You want to redeem both of them. You care about both. You're a human being. But the general has precedence because of a million lives rest on him. And the private is very important. Crazy. M remarkably. But you redeem the general first because a million lives. So I said, we, the, the tzaddik is a general by us. 
Tzaddik Yisayid Oilam, a Pasuk in Mishlei. Tzaddik is the foundation of the world. Kala Oilam Kulei is Nivra Litzav Sishalzu. The whole world's created to get a connection to this one. I was happy you, the Krupka, put a picture on the wall that when a person in Adam Ashalim grows, who misala, he has an elevation, and the world elevates with him. It's a very important chenuch. The chenuch of Chachme Yisrael, the value of tzaddikim. It's, I'm interested, Shadir Avari will appreciate this. Years ago, I was having a big tzaddik for Shabbos in my house. And I was very misopic. My kids were young. Should I, how much should I tell my kids, like the Shabbos kids? You know, no, like, like how much should I demand a certain type of behavior? And, and I'll tell you my Shailam, it's Sadechel, I want to teach them Sadiqin. I want to teach that to my children. Mitzad Shani, Mitzad Shani, I don't want the memory years later, oh, that horrible Shabbos, like we were pressured before, and we were all sitting on, I want them to remember, as a party, as a, at the end, I thought through it a lot, and I didn't send it to my kids. I did not like, I, they knew I was excited. It's not like I didn't give any rules. And I saw that they responded. My wife and I were excited. Somebody big was staying by us. And I saw that from themselves, they hopped at very young ages, they hopped something's different to Shabbos. They saw from just our excitement, they saw, they, they sensed this is important. It didn't need to be said. And saying it would have been even, show it and prove it. Greeting Chachamim and greeting people. I, I'm not, I don't know, per, I don't know, I don't, I'm not Zaych, I know Revel Yerbrudni a little bit, but I just want to say that many, many Yidden rely on him. I know in the Waterbury community they ask many Shailas. Many, many, many Yidden rely on this, on this Talmud Chacham for advice, for encouragement, for Eitzah, and many Yidden rely. It's important that somebody's in such a position who's helping many Yidden and encourage that we understand the value of Chachamim and leaders and Talmidei Chachamim who encourage and carry generation. It's a basic Yisait of Yadis. For, we've been talking about this book on Rev Trank. Rev Trank in Camp Monk, now he wasn't doing it to manipulate and he wasn't doing it for the kids. It was just one of the great things that his Talmudim got to experience. Camp Monk would have Tzadikim visit over the summer. He would go with sugar when Tzadikim were coming. He would go out and sing and dance and greet and hug. And he was very much machni himself, very much humbled himself to big people. He humbled himself greatly. It's a tremendous part of Chinuch. I have told the guys before, and I'll say it again, that when Ramesha Feinstein was Nifter, my father woke me up that morning that Ramesha was Nifter. I'm going to talk this way because my grandparents are in the Oilum MS. I thought my father lost both his parents. My father was bawling like a baby, mamish, mamish. I never in my life before after saw my father cry like that, never in my life. Reb Maisha was nifter, my father was bawling like a baby, a tremendous appreciation for Reb Maisha. He was bawling like a baby. He drove me every morning, he would take me to my elementary school. That morning he said, you're davening with me, son. And he brought me to Yeshifa Rakaway. After davening, so my Rebbe had the entire yeshiva sit on the floor. The Dabni, the whole yeshiva sat on the floor. And it was already hours later, it was an hour and a half, two hours later, my father was still bawling like a baby. 
I remember I, I had the visual in front of my eyes. My Rebbe on the floor by the beat, by the Arakaitis trying to speak. He couldn't get out words. I remember what he said. They struggled to get out words, my Rebbe. And my father from me was the right corner facing us, the left corner facing him, still sitting there after that with the whole issue on the floor. And he was bawling like a baby. We lost Rebbe Feinstein. I remember when Shlomo Zalman Orbach was nifter. My Rebbe came to the base medrash, plopped on the floor. My Rebbe was like powerful, just plopped on the floor. Tremendous sar from the patera of, of Reb Shlomo Zalman Orbach. The tzaddik in Mengadolim, tzaddik is What a tzaddik does. I'll tell you a quick chat from Rebbe Yulapian. Just. Yeah, we do. We tend to do these things. Sure, often with all these things, better to show our excitement as a way of teaching and creating these artificial pressures that just make things very good motion. I always like. It's funny. It's a tongue twister. You know when the he rutsons when a guy the guy davens from on Monday and Thursday, and you got to do the tongue twister. Shenis baser b'surais tevis yeshoyis, and you're like trying to. But in that, I always love that. We just lay in the Torah. We just expressed, we just read the Torah publicly in a display of Abbasa Torah. And then the guy, the guy gets up there and he says a whole bunch of Yeratzins. And he says, give us the base Hamigdash. That's the first Yeratzin. He says, have pity on us. Remove my gay face. He has to remove plagues to get rid of Karina. That's the second one. The third one he says is he writes It should be your will. Keep chachamim them, their wives, their children, their daughters, their students, their students, students. That's the third one. To keep chachamim by us. I like also in the kaddish that beautiful kaddish that we say at a seum. That beautiful Kaddish that we say at a seum. In Yeshiva, we try to do every Kaddish. We have a belief that every Kaddish we do, Lili Nishmas, Eli and Dani. Eli had a tremendous love of the seum in Yeshiva. And we try to do the Kaddishim, Lili Nishmasim. In that beautiful Kaddish, so we say, Al Yisrael Varabanan. For Jewish Varabanan, Al Talmidei, Kol Talmidei, something Kol Manda Oskin Baraisa. We say for everybody, we mention all those that learn Torah. The value of, of Limerat Torah, of Talmidei Chachamim, is such a basic value of Yiddishkeit that has to be learned, it has to be taught, it has to be practiced. We're praying every single day for Allah Tzadikim, Allah It's interesting that when I talk to this relative of mine, he's a very intelligent and an honest, a wonderful person, he understood. I said, but you're just arguing, you agree that a general should be redeemed before a private because he's needed in the war. You're just saying you don't see the relevance of Talmud Chacham. So I said, let's narrow our machlaikas. They hold the Talmud Chacham as a general and as relevant, and you don't see the relevance. The Rebdet, he heard me, he heard him. He's, he's really like, he's done a, a very different person today, Baruch Hashem. So remember when I came in, this was something that was very fired up by him. Rev Eliolapian says, Maish, that when Kla Yisrael did the Egel, Hashem says to Moshe, Leich raid, go down. Leich raid, go down. Moshe's in Shemaim with Hashem. 
Lapian says that Hashem told Moshe the world needs a tzaddik on it. It's very dangerous times. Klai Yisrael just did a big aver. They go, Leich Raid, go down. Just that the world should have its foundation. Tzaddik is Oilam. The world needs a tzaddik on it. Very, very important that a tzaddik's on the world. The tzaddik's there. It impacts the whole world. I like, I, I, I thought to myself, it says Yaakov Avinu left the city. It says, Pana Ziva Pana Dara. The glory of the city was, was dimmed. It was lessened. So I always wonder, why did it teach us, us that by Yaakov Avinu? Avram and Yitzchak were also in cities. Avram and Yitzchak, all the others lived a nomadic existence. They all traveled a lot. Why doesn't it teach us, why Chazal don't teach it to us by Avram? They don't teach it to us by Yitzchak. By Yaakov Avinu it says, Panaziv Panadara, that the city was lessened its glory when Yaakov left. I wonder, I wonder, I don't know if this is true. Avram was the Baal Chesed. See, he was doing for everybody, so it's obvious him leaving the city impacts the city. Yitzchak's Gvura. Yitzchak was the Baal Avleida, and Yitzchak was, was standing up for Kfayd Shamayim, making sure everybody's doing the right things. So there also you could hear him leaving, it's obvious. Yaakov Avinu is the Ishtam Yeshiv Oilam, is sitting and learning Torah Basmada. By Yaakov Bidafka, Hashem wanted to teach us this lesson. Panaziva, Panada, the Tzaddik, he looks, he's sitting in his corner, the whole world's on his shoulders. He's having elevation and the whole world's having elevation with us. The value and the power and the impact of a tzaddik. It's interesting that this, this, this basic of Yiddishkeit has to be taught in our own homes, not by pressuring our kids, by example. I want to say that my grandparents, both of them grew up more simple. My grandmother went to public school. My grandfather at 13, the Great Depression, I believe Yeshiva, all four of their kids were from. And I think about it and spoke to them about it, most of their friends' kids were not from. Most. Most of their friends maybe had a from kid, two from. I remember a long conversation with my grandmother. I'd say most is maybe a strong word. Say it this way. Most of their friends had at least one or two kids not from. Say it that way and all that kids were from, they always had massive respect for the Rav in their home. Never like the Rav said, Rav, Kavit Chachamun. I'm chayshish, that was one of the big inyanim that, that, that all the kids are from, Kavit Chachamun. Chacham, they had tremendous Kavit for Tamil It's a basic of Yiddishkeit, it's something all of us can bring this value to our house. But we can't be so dim that we're davening every day ala tzaddikim ala chasidim and not chap how important it is in Yiddishkeit. Every day in Shmanesra you're praying, me and you are praying, Hashem, please, ala tzaddikim, ala chasidim, ala zikniam, fasten your daven for Geirim also, ala Geirim But every day there's a bracha in Shmanesra, our basic needs is tzaddikim. It's a basic need of tzaddikim. I'm very happy that Revezi's been saying on Friday night stories in Gedolim, in your own house, it might be Kedai Shabbos to say over stories of tzaddikim. Could be a very good idea. And you're giving over values. Please. I want to ask Rabbi Yashayla. Tell you, I, I slept very little the last night. So my inhibitions wrote down. Especially now, the Rabbi just talked about giving cover to tzaddik and kamapatam. I cut it off. Inhibitions are when you want to do something but you hold back. It's usually a good thing. 
they have some inhibitions. Sometimes people are tired. The after game. Plus, we're in camp. We're supposed to make a little trouble in camp. The irony. Maybe just spoke about giving covet to Hamachacham the Shadik, and I'm interrupting. I really want. I had this here. Maybe Rebbe could help with it. It went like this. So it happened a few days ago. I'm gonna leave out the details. Some of them I'm very close with, and. I think everybody's been in a situation like this. I'll give the I'll give you more the situation that we can all relate to, and how the the possible responses. And you really can tell us how to. I, I learned something last night from the concert. I wonder if maybe you really can tell us how to how to go about it. So there's someone I'm very close to, and a, li- a little thing happened. A little thing happened. A little thing like I would people can relate to. Is like you have a chaver of friends, and they go somewhere, they for, they forget it, forget, or they left you out. You know everybody went, and they didn't. One of the guys you're very close to. So, if you break it down, you have two ways you can react after this. I think one is you could say, "Oh, like, LMI, I'm not really close to them. I'm not really. I'm not. I'm not really angry. So I guess I'm not really such good friends with them. I'm not really such good friends with them. So I'm not angry at them because they went. They left me out because I'm not really part of that. I'm not really part of that. So you just lower the bar of the relationship." And you're not angry because it makes sense why they left me. I guess I'm not really such good, good friends with them, or you could say I am good friends with them, so I'm upset. But in the in the business world, you always go with the first play because it's it's cutthroat. The guy wasn't loyal. Okay, he's not loyal. Or I'm writing him off. I'm not going to bother trying to if it really is loyal. But he messed up. I'll pop it through. It's you just okay. I'm, I'm not angry at him. I'm going to sum up this situation and say that he's not, he's just not, he's not loyal to me, a good person. But in a, in a friendship, you, we do this all the time. We can either react by saying, I'm just going to lower the bar. Okay, we're, we're just not so close. So he left me out. Or we are very close, but now I'm upset at him. I don't, I don't want to be upset at him. So we go through this a little struggle here. So how do, how do you approach him? I don't do this guy, I'm very, very close to him. And I know, like, uh, I'm actually him. So I, I asked him, which one do you want me to do? Say it's not a big deal. But if I say it's not a big deal, what I'm really saying is, we're not so close. It doesn't bother me, because we're not so close. Or, okay, so I'm, I'm upset at you. Why am I upset at you? Because we're very close. So you can go, it can go, you can go each way. That's you know, Shaila wanted to, to ask Rebbe, how do you figure out which way to go? A little ha'ara I had last night is somebody said to me that David's coming. You, should, you, should, you have to say something to everybody how they should react. And in some places they have a three-day orientation. How to how to react with somebody who's going to start chemo in a few days? You have to feel comfortable, be natural around them, be sensitive. Uh, we skipped the orientation last night. Why, why do we skip the orientation last night? We just and ha, and and it works so well. Why? Do, why guys need a training? Why had to react to him? I think the terrorist was that when when we're secure in our relationship, then we know how to react, and everything else everything else just falls into place. If you're insecure about the relationship, you're you're worried how he's going to react. Then you start getting into the whole questioning yourself. What, what, what should we do? And this yeshiva, the yeshiva is 
secure about relationships. We don't need a, we don't need a speech. We don't need an orientation. Doesn't need introduction. Who come? Naturally, everybody will know what to do. So maybe that's in, a mahalat is is to be secure in the relationship and don't take the position like oh LMI we're not friends. Be secure. We are friends. I know we're friends. Why you leave me out? Okay, we'll, we'll work. We'll work with you. But more the shy the Rebbe, I'm like, how do you, I don't know which way to go. Do I just lower the bar and say face to face, we're not really such good friends? Or no, we are good friends. And I'm saying. This Shaila this that Ravari asked, a brilliant Shaila, and I'm going to do, not to some, I don't know if this is so mean, but I think more important than answering the Shaila, I think, is hearing that we decide how vulnerable we are to somebody else is huge, very important you say. I have a friend whose father has severe mental illness, severe mental illness, and he was taking an approach of not talking to his father, ignoring his father, and ironically he was more getting hurt by just being so extreme. I'm not talking to him, I'm no shy. He was old, his father was more impacting him, Murat. He had to learn that it's up to us how vulnerable we are to somebody else. And if he can gain my father's limitations and my father is not capable and, and there are ways mentally of making yourself less vulnerable. And Revari is clearing, okay, should I make myself vulnerable? A lot depends who that friend is. Is he worthwhile to be vulnerable? But just the Shaila that we are capable, we decide every single guy around you, you have an amount you make yourself vulnerable and the amount you don't. And the less vulnerable you are, the less possibility of relationship and friendship. It's very sad for somebody to accept my father's not well and all I can get is a lesser form of a relationship. And I'm gonna take what I can get. That concession is very, very painful because the hope and the reason he's allowing himself to get so hurt and getting so hurt each time his father says that unhealthy thing is because he's hoping for this grand, amazing relationship. He has to really cut back and make himself less vulnerable. So I think like sometimes you hear a Shaila that's brilliant and instructive and more important than the answer. Rabbi Aryeh is clearing a practical Shiloh. He's telling us Anacha, we decide how vulnerable we are to others. I think that Anacha is important for every one of us to hear. Very, very important that it's an active decision how vulnerable I want to be to somebody. And I can decide not to be so vulnerable to another person. Now, you won't be so close either, because only as much as you're willing to be vulnerable is how close you'll be. You will see when you get married, every single guy will see this. You will be sensitive to a comment your wife says. You'll be shocked. You're Mr. Tough. Nobody can insult you and hurt you. Your wife will say, oh, mine is going to sting. What? Where'd that come? So you can either go to denial, oh, it didn't hurt me, it didn't hurt me. You can, where'd that come from? Because you're the most vulnerable you ever were to anybody in the world. So anybody else in the world, seven billion people would say the same line. Be like, you wouldn't give a, you wouldn't give a hoot. She said it. It hurts more because you're vulnerable to her. People, unfortunately, later stage of marriage could shut down that vulnerability to a spouse. That's tragic. They ended a close relationship, or they could stay vulnerable. 
and work it through. In that one, don't shut off the vulnerability valve. Don't turn it off. That's also kifi, your vulnerability to somebody is your relationship to somebody. I have told the guys before that I have seen guys in yeshiva walk around without shoes and socks and act in ways that aren't minayishav. Act in ways that like, are not accepted by society. And what's happened, typically the story is a kid who was very hurt by people. They were typically bullied by people and were pushed around. And there's a certain state that they make to society, you'll never hurt me again. I just don't care what you think. They turned off the vulnerable switch. I'm not going to vulnerable. I'm not going to care what you think. When I cared, you hurt me. That is tragic. Because what they've done is, you'll never hurt me. Yeah, you'll never have a relationship. You've turned off the possibility of connecting. Really, you have to leave it open. Now, you could shut it a little bit partially, and there are ways to shut it. But the Etzem thought that Ravarya brought up. Once we should have an under-the-stars conversation about this. What? <laughs> and maybe, maybe. Did he tell you that or you're saying it? I'm saying we got taught something. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Is it like that in every relationship? All relationships are, are totally different. Yes. Father and child is the same way. But when we're young, we don't really even know about this. As we are Oymet al-Das, there is amounts we can shut it off. Yeah. Rabbi Blumstein's saying there's some amount we're just vulnerable. I think as we get older, we have more of a capacity through understanding that person, my friend who saw his father had mental illness, he definitely shut off and didn't have certain expectations. The father's lines, he was less vulnerable. Now, it doesn't resolve the years he was vulnerable when he didn't have the ability to turn it off. But for sure, we're capable of shutting off some of our vulnerability, for sure, for cable. But again, it's at a price, the relationship, it's an acceptance. Now we do as, we should be as vulnerable as we can, if we can't get much from it, so then we shouldn't be too vulnerable to it, that's... If we can't get much from the relationship? See here. Are here? Yeah. I don't want to make that. I'll tell, I'll tell you why I don't do that. Why don't I have all the guys dress up in Big Day Shabbos? I feel like a lot of our chevra, I don't want to do things that look like for picture opportunities and things like that because guys have been hurt by that. <coughs> so that must, that we could do things, but guys have been hurt by picture, by um, a sense of being. But if Adi's coming, the best thing is when he comes, let's listen care, let's be shy, sit with some mess, Let's drink his words. Let's 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 soak up the words. That's the most important thing that it means to me. But it's wow. a tr- real, really a big for somebody who's Rebbe somebody in, in, in all different world in the world of addiction. He's helped many, 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 many people. He's gotten involved in areas of our people that others would stay away from. Rev Elia's gotten involved and has such a willingness to help his people. It's remarkable. Somebody, again, not knowing him through and through, but the willingness and ability to help so many yidn. It's really, really a schuss that he came here, took time to come here. Many, many people ask this time. I don't know how he was like. Ari Lashinsky gets credit pulling it. I'm sure Avariye pulled some strings, but it's a schuss that we, that we have. It's appreciated, very much appreciated. I asked Michilu, I was going to go short today, see, we wouldn't sit. We now went through, my father was like the Allah, we're hearing a lot, but this, this will be a treat.